This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over West Side, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for West Side niggas, nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match, big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on the mind. Yo, what up, though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tim Foyer Hat Titan. A.K.A. the Conspiracy Realist, A.K.A. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr., Don't Text Me With Your Green Bubbles, A.K.A. I Only Debate My Equals, Everybody Else I Teach, also known as Juice Cause All The Hoes Say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar Cause You Know You Can't Roam Without Me, Mr. If You Don't Like Me, Fight Me, I Got Kicked Out Of Noah's Ark Cause They Couldn't Find Another Animal Just Like Me, A.K.A. The West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man Dame, three underscores, 313. The West Side Landlord, the pride of PA. High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then you bitch-ass motherfuckers not saying it right. It's the honorable Judge Boss Dame and his bitch all rise. Yo, welcome back Shop Talk Podcast, episode 375. On, on you hoes. Uh, back for another week of greatness uh, to your pie favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, when we first started this pod, I there was like a description of the pod. I'm fairly sure it's still there. Uh, but I said, uh, like you might, you might get some laughs, you might get some information or knowledge, but either way, you will definitely be entertained. And I think that's pretty much it's accurate. Accurate. Accurate as fuck. Whatever week you do, you you tune into the pod, it could be all jokes, or it could be, yo, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or this is a different perspective on life that I just, you know what I'm saying? But We're whatever. two very opinionated niggas. Yeah. I've been, yeah, for sure. I've been thinking about opinions and shit like that too, man. Man, you know, you just get older and Your things change? I mean, your perspective change. And uh, why people act the way they are, why people are the way they are. Each, one of my favorite books talk about all the time is the four agreements yeah i recently started reading that again man and i I, like you pick up something every time you read it again absolutely and one of the agreements is never take anything personally right and while i'm reading it i feel it and understand it but in the real world you lose you lose touch of that somebody asked me send me something on instagram and said what do you think about this and it's interesting because me the young lady used to be in a relationship so I appreciate that she still appreciates my thoughts That's and opinions up. on Jeffrey's shit. And I really want what she sent me. I really wanted to tell her, boy, this applies to you so much. <laughs> Not even in a negative way, but it was a just reason. to say it. Okay. I mean, I gave her some information. Um, I didn't make it like to her per se, but uh, so this is what it said. It's sad how really you can't address things as adults. Misunderstandings, things that bother you or hurt you. 
We can't talk about it without cutting each other off, raising voices, disrespecting each other. We really losing family, friends, relationships over communication skills. Everything labeled as tripping, checking someone, nagging, arguing back and forth. When really we just want to fix things so everything will be all good. For some reason, everybody want to play tough. I absolutely hate this for my generation. And I was like, because she's not friends with somebody she used to be really, really good friends with. And I'm like, this is our issue. Like, and when you start thinking about it, you know how people be like, I ain't letting niggas talk to me any kind of fucking way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of something that happened in your past that probably don't have to do with this particular situation. You've been in a situation where people probably have talked to you any kind of way. And you made it up in yourself, no, I don't want to feel that way no more. I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. So when a, a situation with you and stranger happens, you approach it aggressively or offensively because you've been hurt before. Right. Or you've seen a loved one go through it. You're like, yeah, it's never going to happen to me. So you have a visceral reaction. And in real life, that reaction is stopping the communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to humble ourselves sometimes because our feelings about something are clouded by all the other shit that we went through in life. The reason I thought about the four agreements because it basically say that. They say, like, if I slapped you in your face and you haul off and shoot me, kill me, or some shit like that, that still wasn't my fault. You shot and killed and all that shit because the 29 other things, I may have been the 30th, right, that pushed you over the edge, but them 29 other things is the reason. You already started the domino. Yeah, it's not. Like, so you may say something to somebody, they bust out crying. Fam, that's not your fault. You was the last person They say something But you're not responsible For everything that happened In their life Up until that point And um, I was thinking about that shit When we was talking about Opinions and shit But I was like Man I mean, how many times That have I've taken someone Someone said something to me And I took it personally And it probably have shit to do with me Probably feel like it had something to do with me because we was yeah, in because you was caught in in that exact moment. Yeah. And know? I have no idea what happened in the person's life to make them respond that way. But since you responded that way to me, I ain't taking no shit. And it's like so much stuff happens in, with friendships, relationships, and family. Like if y'all just had a, I can't really talk about the other situation that this applies to. But people listening or the person listening, you know too. Like you just don't know. Why this person is responding this way There's a reason They can't probably articulate Why they feel this way But if everybody just take that shit away And like have a heart to heart Not what I Shit would just be a lot better man It would It would When I think about When you put it like that There's three people that come to mind In my life right now That I, I say for lack of a better term We're estranged Yeah that I feel like a good sit-down, heart-to-heart could erase that. Yeah. Now, do I think that we're both in the space to have that conversation today? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it's something that I'm praying on and want to mend. Man, somebody said something this week. was like, man, just give it some time, right? Yeah. Then somebody responded, said, you know, the thing about that time, it runs out. And while you're waiting... And that, yo, give it some time Man, <laughs> you don't never know what's going on You just don't know You don't know, but I'm, I've am i always been a huge proponent That time and separation can can heal a lot of shit Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I damn near live by that uh, I don't know if it's uh, When I think back I, mean, I don't know if it worked to my 
It works in my benefit sometimes, but I don't know how much it works in my detriment. My father used to say all the time, me and my brother get into Can't it. get along, separate. separate. That's just it, right? And usually when I can't get along with somebody- Go to your separate corners. I just stop talking <laughs> to them. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's one of them things, man. Uh, any event, uh, how, how was your week, my brother? Man, you know what? Week was pretty damn good. For the most part, week was pretty damn good. I had two interactions with the police this week mm. that I don't, I'm not ready to yet talk about. Very, very crazy. Uh, but other than that, Father's Day was phenomenal. Mm. I was really thinking, because like, I do have kids that work now. And while I don't be on the kids, like, buy your daddy some shit, it'd be nice if they did. Mm. And man, when I tell you, my baby, my my oldest girl, like the women gonna take care of you. Set it out, my, set it out for an old man. My brother, uh, you know what I'm saying? Felt a really good way about uh, his daughter, my niece. Uh, looked out for him for Father's Day. He was really happy because he shared it in like the, the the big family group chat. Okay, you feel me with the 20 people in there. But it, like, I don't know that feeling yet. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I don't have a child yet. But like. I mean, it got to be a great feeling. I mean, I and I don't want to shine just the light on her because it was her, her brothers, my my youngest girl and her mother were kind enough to bless me with a gift. Uh, my friend Letitia got me a nice-ass watch box. So, I mean, I got some really nice gifts for Father's Day. But my daughter, like I had made a hint to her about something that I had my eye on that I just— not that I couldn't purchase it, I just hadn't gotten around to it. Uh, and she, and it showed up, like it, it didn't happen on Father's Day. She was like, look, it's coming in the mail. It showed up. And me and her got a, like a saying that we say back, because I always joke with her about being broke. Yeah. And she ain't never got no money. And our saying back and forth to each other is get your money up and not your <laughs> funny up. And that was the gift card in the box. Yeah. It was get your money up and yeah. not your funny up to my bald head daddy. Man. So I appreciate all my young because they Boy, they came out for the old man. Man, inside jokes are the best jokes ever, dog. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like shit that you can say with somebody like, oh, that's y'all saying yeah. type thing. Man, that'd be the best things ever, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I think she, he had posted a video in the group chat and she had got him some other stuff, but she got him some some, some flowers, these yellow flowers. She like, got him because these were grandma favorites. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's what's and up. Me and my brother like love our mom. You feel me? Like yeah. It's like, Something crazy, but uh, that's a good feeling. Yeah, man. So shout out to my kids and their mothers that kind of show love on Father's Day. I do want to give a special shout out to one of our supporters, Tay Taught You. Uh, he tap in a lot on IG and on Twitter. Him and his lady just had a baby. Congratulations. Recently. I think the baby's just like a week old yep, today. Yep. And I remember uh, he- Very proud about that baby, too. Well, it, all his children, but like- Man, I love to see type of, that type of shit. Man. Yeah, man. And uh, I remember we he had posted a video of her in labor. I was like, oh, man, it's time. And then like a few minutes later, he hit me back. He was like, you know, she came. Man. I think it was, I think, hold on, let me pull it up because I think I still got the message because I think he told me she was seven pounds. And I don't, because, I don't, you know, black people don't play about that shit. Seven pounds, one ounce. Little baby Nova. So shout out to the homie and his lady. 
Uh, congratulations, beautiful, healthy baby girl. Yeah, man. Congratulations on y'all union. And shit, man, just just love and these black love and these babies celebrating our dads. Yeah, man. Father's Day is the shit. It I is. hope all I pray all my dogs had a good one. Everybody I talked to. And I also want to send my heartfelt love and condolences out to one of my closest homies, my nigga Big Will, who lost his mother this week. Oh, man. I reached out to my homie Will and he hasn't tapped back in. I just left him a message that, you know, his wife had reached out to me and let me know that his mom had passed. I knew he probably wouldn't pick up when I called him because I, I get that I get that feeling of emotion. Yeah, man. And, I, you know, sometimes I know we tap into the show and I just want to let my homie know, man, I love you. I'm praying for Ooh. you. And I know what you are dealing with. Losing, I thought when I lost my mother, I was going to lose my mind. It was the only thing that kept me was God. Man, when you lose somebody close to you, and when somebody close to you reach out, it hurt more. Because you, like, you don't owe nobody a conversation. Yeah. But as soon as you see their name, I instantly think about, I got to tell you. And now I got to relive it again. Yeah. If it's just co-worker reaching out, cool, because I'm not really thinking about our interpersonal connection, how much you know, whatever. But when you see a loved one reach out to you, like, fuck. Yeah. I got to tell them. Or... They got. They gonna ask me how. I'm, you know what I'm saying? This and the crazy thing, I just seen him three weeks ago. Maybe maybe a month to three weeks ago, he was in town because his brother in law had passed, and it had probably been like a couple years since I had seen him face to face. Just because he had moved to Texas, he used to be here in the city, moved to Texas. So like just having a chance to touch, see him, like really see my nigga, and then this shit happened with his mother. Man, it was just just yeah. tough. Um, man, this week has been pretty interesting for me, dog. It's been actually frustrating for the last week and a half, the two weeks. And I just thought things was going to work out, and they did not work out. But uh, I'm supposed to be in Mexico right now. You feel me? My flight was supposed to take off at 6 something in the morning, but I misplaced my passport. I don't know where it's at. It could, I could have left it in Puerto Rico. Um, I, I, I certainly, you didn't need it to get back from Puerto Rico? I didn't need it to... Needed to get over there, but I just took the shit just in case. Okay. I could have left it in my car somewhere before I turned it in. Like, I just don't know where the fuck is at. So, you know, you try to call down there. It's a number. You know what I'm saying? They give you, like, an extra. It's like you got to call within 14 days, and we can get you, like, an emergency appointment. Because if not, you waiting, you know, six to eight weeks or seven weeks yeah. or some shit like that. And, man, I call, call down there, and, like, I'm thinking, like, Everything gonna work out Like nigga That's the number That you call within 14 days they, You know what I'm saying I know we got one downtown And shit You know what I'm saying Just scoop down there Pay the little extra money Get my shit Same day be gone And no, nah, it ain't work that way They were like Nah we don't got no appointments Anywhere in the country We got two appointments We got one in Puerto Rico And one in Hawaii I'm like well, what? What, what? I'm like well What day is the one in Puerto Rico I'm like fuck it I'll find somewhere Like it's on the 23rd like, that's my fucking, that's the day I'm flying out. And then I'm like, so, when I, if say one opens up, I go there. Can I just go there? I know I'm, I'm going to get it the same day. Like, well, each office is different. They'll decide once you get there if they're going to print one on the spot or not. So, I'm like, so I can go to Washington State or some shit, go to office, and they be like, yeah, we'll mail it to you in two days. Or we'll, you know what I'm saying? So I call this motherfucker line so many goddamn times and shit, and First person I talked to, man, this woman was so fucking mean, dog. Like, so fucking mean and rude. I granted, 
I don't know what kind of day you had. You know what I'm saying? You probably had the same conversation every single day. But thirty times a day. I'm calling I'm I'm calling hat in hand. You feel me? Because so I'm not being rude or anything. Mother, no, we da 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 da. She's saying all the stuff, so I'm like, so the first person she was basically she told me there wasn't no appointment. So I'm like, so like what does that mean for me? You know what I'm saying? So it's like that means there's no appointments. Okay, <laughs> I'm guess what I'm saying is because I've never been in this situation. Does that mean I'm just ass out? Do I call later? Can one open up? Is there another place I can go to? Is there a fee that I can pay, like to get a physical? Like I'm trying. I no, sir. Like what the fuck is going on, dog? I'm like she giving you the call center. I'm like all right, thanks. Call back. I get a little. You call the number. Like there's a two and a half hour wait. And what? then you just wait. It's not, you don't, you just call and pick up. Like there is 100%. If you call, the place open at 8 o'clock in the morning. You call at 8 o'clock in the morning, they're going to say, our call volume is too 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 high. Call back later. Not, at me, 8 o'clock? Not, I'm going to put you in queue and call you back at the time that you didn't know. It's like, we too busy. Call back sometime other, some other time. So you get in there, like, oh, you got an hour and 45 minute wait. They got damn near watched the whole entire movie with that bitch on speakerphone, hoping that it's going to jump the line. But every five minutes or so, you, you got one hour, 40 minutes. Damn. One hour, 30 minutes. I did this shit for, for 12 days, every single day. You know what I'm saying? Trying, trying to get a fucking passport. You know what I'm saying? Ass out on the ticket, plane tickets, ass out on the resort fees and shit. Because, like, I didn't think I was not. It's not refund- everything non-refundable. And, uh, man... And then I'm just I'm just hoping and praying. I went down there and shit. They tell you they tell you don't go down there if you ain't got no fucking appointment. But what you gonna do? I'm gonna go down there. Wouldn't take me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They firm on their rules. I'm like, yo, this 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 got to happen. Then it was one. I'm like, well, if it's a life or death situation, you can go within five days or some shit. I'm trying to go that route. I'm thinking like, nigga, do I? Forge a death certificate or, or a fucking I'm like then it's, This is the This is the government Like I can't start Passing fake documents To like <laughs> The government and shit It's like, not I, for a passport though You know what I'm saying But like, that's ID In the world You know what I'm saying So if you If you p- supply fake Documents uh, to get it, Like you You fuck right up On some uh, Interpol uh, shit <laughs> I'm like Do I I'm, I'm thinking passport like, Be fucking cancelled And you stuck in Mexico Then I got my old passport It expired in 2020 I'm looking online like, you know, can I can you fly with an expired passport? You can domestically, but not internationally. So even if I say, fuck it, I make it out of DTW with my expired passport, I but fuck around. You can probably get out of America. Whatever. You ain't getting your ass back into it. Yeah, that's too that's way too risky. You know what I'm saying? That's way too risky. Now, Mexicans can come here anytime the fuck they want to, but I can't get over there apparently. You know what I'm saying? So it's fucked up, man, because I was taking the pictures, you know what I'm saying? For the wedding. wedding. Um, it's a bad, it was a backup contingency plan, the, the the facility place provided, but like, I'm still missing my man's wedding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, man, I, I, mean, I care about the pictures, but I, I don't, I'd rather, if I had to pick one or other, like, I just want you here. Man, we tried, tried to do fucking everything, man, but... It is what and, it is, and man. I, and I seen Weezy posting pictures from the room. Man, I'm not even. They getting, settling in. I'm not even getting. Up. I'm supposed to be there until Tuesday. You feel me? Nice little. Fu- I'm supposed to be there having a good time. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, God saw fit for me not to be there. Okay. So he got bigger plans for you. You know, I never know what's gonna happen this weekend. Low key, trust his will. Other than that, 
because that has been weighing on me. But in my brain, I'm thinking positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, also, I've been on some shit like, look, when it's shit that I can't control, I just can't control it. I can't stress over it too much because I literally do not have control over the situation. It was on your mama's voicemail. It's tattooed on my arm. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. Now, outside of that situation, just on a personal level, man, I've been having a great week. You know what I'm saying? Things are moving where they should be moving. Like, I've just been having a great week personally, so maybe me not being there this weekend. Something else got to open up. Yeah, so maybe, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. Got a lot of great feedback this week on last week's podcast episode. Yeah. We outside. Man. We may start making that a thing. You know, I don't know if I told you this shit, but like during the pandemic, when I was looking at like shipping, I was going, I wanted to buy some land and like buy a studio, like buy a shipping container, turn the shipping containers into the studio and then just like own it. We talked about that. Yeah. But then I was like, man, I would love to buy a food truck, van, bus, and have that bitch be like a mobile studio. Cause I would love to like, say Killer Mike comes in town. And then inside the little van, there's four barber chairs. And we interview, insert guests, like, while driving through the city. So basically what we did last week, I've always had a, a mind to, like, have a mobile studio. That'd be dope. You know what I'm saying? So that's still possible. I know I gave y'all the game, but you can't cook the sauce like I cook the sauce. Never. You feel me? Um, but it is what it is. Um, other than that, man, it's been a lot of shit going on this week. That Somebody I, passed on a really good compliment to us because I made the joke about you being rich, you know, with you having a Tesla and you got like... I'm definitely not rich. I might be irresponsible. <laughs> and then you got like a wall of eight 85-inch TVs in your house. I do not have eight 85-inch And when you sync them, it looks amazing because it's like all one one picture. But you got to tell people that you're joking. <laughs> somebody might actually believe you and try to come to my house, and now I got a case. And I was talking to... Yeah, I am joking. And I was talking to this young lady. She was like... You know, Jay, maybe he's not rich, but he gives me he gives me the feeling that he's fiscally responsible. And I said, that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> or I'm fiscally irresponsible, <laughs> and that's why you think that. <laughs> I could be either or, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely not rich. I would love to be, though. Uh, not yet. I put that, that Y-E-T. Not yet, but it's coming. Soon come. Soon come. Um. So listen, I want to talk about a couple things before we get into like the crux of uh, our conversation because I want to talk about this Killer Mike album because it's amazing. Really good. It's it's really an amazing piece of work. Like this week, we were all captivated by um, the story of this submersible going down. And I'll be honest with you, man, I just didn't like the sentiments from the internet this week. It's a lot of jokes going on about the, the the submarine. Like, I don't know if it's because y'all all thought everything was going to work out in the end, so you figured you could get, like, some jokes off. But, like, I, I, just, I, 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 I failed to see the humor in a lot of things. What I really saw is a lot of hate. And the hatred is you perceive people with, quote, unquote, money or, quote, unquote, rich as bad people and because you don't have what they have whatever they do fuck them 
These rich motherfuckers. Look what the rich people do. Uh, to move into my Dame Dash <laughs> persona, why as a man are you worried about another man's pockets? Like, I don't understand that kind of, I don't understand that concept. We thought these motherfuckers was down there suffocating. Like, how was that funny? When in actuality, what they went through was probably worse than, suff- than suffocating. Um, I mean, I guess we can take possibly some solace as, as it looks like they imploded um, Sunday night, really. Yeah, so relatively early into the trip. And they say once that happens, the implosion is like a millimeter or some shit, a millisecond or whatever. It's like it happens quicker than the brain can actually process what happened. So, like, hopefully they was here one day and they were just at the pearly gate. You know how, them, how yeah. the little memes go? Uh, you just look down, you at the heaven's gate, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, like, that is the, I hope that that's what happened. Because if not. To die under the pressure of being under, what, two miles under sea? You, you, it's going to crush you. Mm. It's going to crush your body to death. Now, you can critique whether you personally think the vessel should have been down there, whether it was safe or unsafe and all this other good stuff. Fam, they did that shit five, five times last year in that same vessel. So the reason that they thinking it, my man, them thinking it's safe, like... I've done it before. <laughs> like, we've been taking motherfuckers down here. The 19-year-old kid that was on there, who's not a millionaire, by the way, uh, didn't even want to go. He went with his father because his father was kind of pressuring him to do it. Yeah. But it was Father's Day. They went down there on Sunday. You know this what I'm saying? Dad, this what dad want to do on Father's Day. He want to enjoy it with his son. All right, man. You know what I'm saying? Because he was, I'm like, fam, this place is it's, it's about as big as a minivan in here. Yeah. Um, but, like, my name, they didn't went down there four or five times already. You know what I'm saying? Let's go have an adventure. What I, but I'm like, now, this is the real part I want to get into. Them five people went down there and they died trying to do something adventurous. They put their life on the line trying to do something adventurous. Right. I see you niggas put your life on the line every fucking day to live normal as fuck. I see niggas put their life on the line for a bitch that don't even like them back. At the very least, a motherfucker is daring to be great. The only reason you know about the fucking... Deep blue sea and all other shit because a motherfucker put their life on the line and went down there and found out. The only reason you know about space is because the niggas put their life on the line and go find out. Like the only reason niggas is flying because of the white, allegedly, the white brothers. I mean, uh, the right <laughs> brothers. <laughs> See what you did there. You put know what I'm saying? Put their life on the line. And found out. Like that's how, that's how this shit work. Like that's how it works. Now, does that mean you should throw caution to the wind and just tape some shit together? No, the fuck you should not. But that's how it worked. That's how evolution and, and, and technology, that's how it, you push that motherfucker to the end. Typically, somebody has to be sacrificed for us to, for us to gain some type of results. So apparently, because I've been looking at this shit, and um, James Cameron who shot Titanic has a similar well James Cameron has a submarine type device he I don't want to like, say it's similar because his looks and he know significantly dude. different like he know dude like I mean it's a very small community of people who go down to the deep blue like yeah. that 
um, it's more people been in space than that deep in water, and it's not a lot of niggas that been in space. You feel me? Allegedly, um, if any. But like, he was like, "Yeah, no, this shit just not made out of right. It's made out of a composite material that you that spun or some shit like that." And he was like, "Well, we all kind of knew it was gonna fail. We didn't think it was gonna like fail like the first time or first two times, but like around seven or eight, like this shit not steel." You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we usually, because we know how much pressure steel can take, what what you can do and what not. So the new material or whatever he he tried to use, like, we just we just don't, we just don't know, my nigga. This is kind of, this kind of. Uncharted territory. Yeah, it's brand new. This is different. You know Experimental. What I'm but when you tell a nigga that you, you're not doing it right, and then he go down there and do it. And he go down there and do it again. Like you, he's strengthening his own. Fuck y'all niggas talking about, man. It's it's. <laughs> I don't want to akin to some type of hater talk, but it's like don't nigga, tell the nigga who's doing it that you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, like I did it. I did it. Fuck you talking about. And that kind no, of, y'all can't record a podcast in the car. What? Eh. No, you not. You can't record. You can't start a podcast in your fucking living room with a fucking iPad. <laughs> well, seven years later, <laughs> I mean, we sort of did, but but I, I get that thinking. Like, yeah, how the fuck you gonna tell me, James, and I done did this shit. Four times already and been back. Last year, I did this shit five times. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you should have heeded the warning, <laughs> okay? That's for sure. And, like, this shit is too dangerous for you to be charging people $250,000 to sit on it. And this whole idea that there was five, no, there was not five millionaires on that on that motherfucking submersible. It was probably one in a 19-year-old in a, in a kid. Who just a college student? He ain't no millionaire. The owner of the ship, and then one of the most foremost Titanic researchers who've been in this industry for thirty years. Like, why do you think people are so enamored with the Titanic? I mean, you said on this pod a couple times that we know more about outer space than we do under the water. Yeah. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just the Titanic. Some people are, right? But it's because no one ain't no one been here before. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one gets this close. They have these, they send unmanned shit down there. Like, there's not a person down there in a, in a scuba suit because you're two miles underneath the water. Yeah. Like, I'm closer than anybody's ever been with a fucking PlayStation remote control sent going left and right. Literally. This is a PlayStation remote control that they control this shit yeah. with. Yeah, $30 remote. You know what I'm saying? So it's the like, off brand bitch. But think about the, like, the, the audacity of technology. Like, I see what y'all doing. I see that big-ass contraption and all the shit y'all do. I think I got a better way. Now, what if a year, 10 years from now, five years from now, somebody look at what he did and be like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to uh, tweak it, tweak it, it a better. little bit. And now, not everybody down there for fifty nine ninety nine, whatever the fucking cost. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. Just the whole idea that y'all motherfuckers and this Everybody wants to be a fucking comedian. You're not funny. We don't. I don't come to you for your funny takes. You read you. I just uh, human Twitter, life. Twitter got their jokes off. Everybody want to be the first to to get they to get their couple ones in. I think one of them was like, you know, what would your reaction be when you come out the submersible? Uh, you know, shit. It was some funny ones in that. But that machine was built. It had like five different fail safes to always go to the top. And the very last one was like, even if nobody is conscious on that motherfucker, it can still go to the top, right? So they say, 
when we lost contact with them, with the transponder, oh, this motherfucker imploded. Because that shit is in its own little airtight thing by itself. Like, if, say that bitch open a shark bite or whatever, that's the black box on airplanes. Yeah. If that motherfucker is off, oh, something really fucking, that bitch imploded. Yeah. And it only take a pinhole and... And like I've seen, I don't know if y'all, y'all I've seen like the um, the digital representations of it. Uh, like this is what it looked like, and if you did this, I seen some real life um, train tankers and stuff implode. Yeah, I've seen that shit on the internet, and it happens instantly. Instantly, I pray that they didn't go through any kind of suffering. They would have froze to death because it's freezes, froze to death, suffocate, crushed. <sighs> So a few things I want to get off. When I I say it all the time that like the, the ocean is outer space. There's so much shit going on down there that we have no clue about. Like all jokes aside, if some niggas walked out of the ocean like Namor and them on fucking Black Panther, I wouldn't even be surprised because there's shit down there. We've only explored about 5% of the ocean. There's shit down there that we have no idea about. No idea. We haven't even scratched the surface. I was watching a video. I, you know, got sucked into my rabbit holes this week, and I was watching a video, and it showed an oceanographer that had gone down under the sea so far that he found a lake in the sea, and the lake had so much buoyancy that their submarine could not penetrate it to go down further into the water. There's a lake sitting in the middle of the ocean that's so... That's so that has so much salt in it that you cannot go any further. There's a lot of shit going on down there that we don't know nothing about. My nigga, you know, some of the world has fresh water. Some of the world has salt, salt water. water. Yeah. There's a spot in the sea where the salt water and the fresh water divide. divide. And it's just a straight line. I don't fucking understand it. I've seen it with my via the internet Vi yes. and video. I've seen it with my eyes. One side is lighter than the other, and it's just a straight line all the way fucking through. We don't know how God made this shit, and or the rules or regulations of it, but Ooh. it would like how how does the ocean just be like, yup, this is as far as it goes, and then on this other like what? Water is so crazy. I remember when I was younger, my grandmother, my grandparents went to Jerusalem and my grandmother was like, she visited the Dead Sea. And like, she was just trying to explain to me, she was like, there's no way you can swim in the Dead Sea. And I'm like, what is this water, granny? And she was like, no. Like, there's so much salt in the water, there you can't dive under it. Like, you're only going to be able to float. And she was like, people were taking like, is that, that why somebody was able to walk across the water? Oh, I knew you was going to go there. Because, I mean, there's always a, a, a physical explanation somehow. I mean, I am God or Jesus or whatever, but, like, what if that's the case? On this one particular day, nigga, it was nigga, salty to the motherfucker. I don't <laughs> know. never know. But I remember her telling me, like, people were taking— Well, two like, people actually walked across water. It was Jesus and Peter also walked across water, by the way. But she was talking about people were taking, like, lump— like just handfuls of salt out of the water for like they skin and bringing it back because like it was doing incredible things to healing people's skin. And I remember like also when we were younger, we also had like some family land in Virginia. 
and it's something in that water that comes, it was a well on the property where the water came out of the ground. First of all, the water comes out ice fucking cold year round, and it's like something in the properties of the water, like you drink that shit or you shower in it, your skin will be fucking crystal clear. Man, my grandma pulls over to the side of the road and drinks the water off the rocks. When we was we used to drive to South Carolina and shit, and we saw all the kids packed in the car, Get out there with a little cup and a little thermos, whatever, and used to get water off of the rocks. She'd be like, girl, boy, this is good water. I'm like, all right, Grandma, you, you know. She's still she, alive. She, she knows know, something she, your ass don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's still she, alive. You know what I'm saying? She, how old am I for? She got me by 45, 50 years or some shit. You know what I'm saying? It's the healing. Look, man. You know what's so crazy? My grandma's like 89, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say 90, and I'm roughly 40. Like, that's 50 years, dog. And then I'm thinking, well, how about my mama got me by 21 years. So I'm thinking like, oh, shit. Well, grandma had my mama when she was like 30. But grandma, in my brain, just always been this old gray-haired woman. And I look at pictures, and my, my grandma, she just always looked like grandma. But like, nigga, you, at 30, you popping out a baby. Like, that's not even nothing. No. Now, grandma, that's not nothing. <laughs> now, she it's was just like, regular shit. I think my grandma, I mean, my mom was uh, got to be early twenties when she had you. No, I'm trying to think what number my mom falls in. Oh, from. so my mom it has. Oh, Granny two probably younger, had eight kids by then. No, she had a total of nine for sure. Uh, There's a total of nine aunts and uncles and shit. So I know my uncle Rick, my uncle Horace. I don't know if my Wanda is uh, underneath my mom, but but basically, you're only 30. And your mama wasn't the first. You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. It's interesting. When Drinking start, that water off the rocks. Then I seen somebody say this. And it's, it, it puts everything in time and perspective. When it was like, and this is not an exact quote, it's like when Hitler was born, Jesus Christ was still alive or some crazy shit like that or fucking Isaac Newton or some shit was still alive when this person was born and when this person was born such and such was still alive because you just think like yo this was such a longer time ago but like no this shit overlap yeah like so my grandma 90 years ago you can add a basically another 80 years on to that so 140 years ago there was some overlapsing you know what I'm saying so we be thinking like nah that was such a long time ago no, my father was born during the, the, the Martin Luther King Jr. time. Like, he just, he's a regular guy. Y'all, like, damn near the same age or some shit. No, my grandfather went to Morehouse with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he used to talk about, like, them, like, passing each other. And again, as a child, and you think about it, it's like back in the. Back in your day, but like, look, man, when you when they put those color pictures up of Dr. King and Malcolm X on the internet, like these ain't old ass men. Like they were young men. And that time ago wasn't that long. My nigga. My father was alive when they passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So when he was born in 59, we didn't actually have the right. Dog, the the NBA draft was last night. There were niggas getting drafted that were born in 2003 and 2004. My kids. My son. My son. 
There were niggas that were getting drafted. And like, it seemed like when, when somebody says to me like, oh, some shit that was like 25 years ago, in my mind, I want to think like it was the mid 80s. No, in real life, 25 years ago was 1998. You know what I'm saying? Like I was alive and well and kicking it out in the world 25 years ago. So there's a, a rumor that Andre 3000 is going to release a new album, right? Okay. How do you think that sounds to your son, who probably gives no fucks about Andre 3000, who's probably like, yo, a 50-year-old rapper about to... It's like, so when we was in whatever age, yo, Kumo D about to release an album, like, nobody give a fuck about Kumo D releasing no album disrespectfully Yeah, at the age. You feel me? But it's like, what do they think about Jay-Z releasing an album, Andre 3000 releasing I'm like, my nigga, I'm 20, he 49, 50, the music has no impact. It is is it's a fart in the in the pool. It has no impact to him because it's not highly anticipated to him at twenty. For him, when for they him, say, like a new J Cole or Kendrick album, it's, it's still my there. music. Yeah. That's my music. When the Outkast come on ninety three, like that first album maybe came Some out. Playlistic, like I think was 94, 93, 94. So if they look up and see when this album came out, you twenty. And the first his day first album came out in 1994. Boy, you like what? No, I'm not listening to this. Like, I don't know what the equivalent is because this is a new genre, right? Yeah. And people are cooler much later. Cause like when we was coming up, LL Cool J, which technically wasn't even that old. He he, he seemed, seemed old. old. He seemed old. In 1998, he only been in the game 10 years. But that seemed. But, but like, so when I'm in 11th grade, I don't look at he's LL not a new Cool J. Artist to you. In 1998, I'm, I'm looking at Cannabis. I'm looking at Mace. I'm looking at Juvenile. I'm looking at Cameron. I'm looking at. at 19, that's DMX, when, DMX. Jay. Yeah, that's when all that shit popped off in 1998. So this guy been in the game 10 years, not that long of a time. And we look like this nigga old. But didn't it feel like LL Cool J was rapping old in 1998? Yes. <laughs> like, it felt like that style back in the day, around my way. That's how it felt like he was rapping. But he was still a Like, he was dropping hits so in like, 98. I hate heads, bro. Okay? But, like, that shit was out in the 2000s. Hey Lover was, was, like, out by then. And Hey yeah. Lover was a certified hit. Yeah, but we still looked at the nigga like... Love You Better came out after that. And it, it was still, like, LL was still dropping hits. I'm a little on the fence about an Andre 3000 album. Because I wonder one of two things. Is he going to be rapping? Or is it going to be some of this weird flute shit he walk around doing? I... Just want him to put out a, a full body of work, so he at the very least can be critiqued correctly. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Cause like yo, him, you don't even have a song by yourself. So you know, I I've always blew the trumpet on Andre 3000 being such a great rapper, but I've changed my perspective a little bit. I do think he is a formidable MC, but what I want people to stop doing is discounting Big Boy when they bring up the argument of Andre 3000. I don't think Big Boy has anything to do with Andre 3000. I don't think he has anything to do with it, but they talk like they talk about Andre 3000 like he is Jesus Christ. Like he Christ. is outcast, though. Yes. They do. So I get what you're saying, because uh, you all the outcast, like outcast is not just Andre 3000. Big Boy has been going bar for bar with this nigga for 30 years. I would also say this. You have never heard 
Andre 3000 or Big Boy out rap Killer Mike on a project. Doesn't exist. On a song. Doesn't exist. It does not happen. He even said it, though. Like, I didn't think he would say that, but he said it on, I think, maybe the Sway interview. Yes, yeah. He was like, but it was like on some competition. Like, I'm not letting niggas get me out the fucking paint. This is like war when you go in there. But let's let's make a whole nother argument since I kind I feel like we kind of transitioned into the Killer Mike anyway. You know, shout out to them niggas on that sub, man. Jesus wept. Man. It's terrible. Y'all got y'all jokes off. Now shut the fuck up and let something else cook. Oh, they also were trying to say they knew these niggas was gone on Sunday. Yeah. But there there's a um a swelling, a groundswell of people who said they just let this play out for the entire week so we can not pay attention to Hunter Biden um, pleading guilty for gun charges, um, trying to use, trying to write off prostitutes on his taxes, his illegal billing, illegal dealings he's had with like the Ukraine and everything. Everything that the Trump side and some of the Republicans, not even Trump, have been trying to say Change that I've been talking about, like it's all coming to fruition. It, it ain't like this giant conspiracy to Hunter Biden's laptop that social media. No, it's a real thing. Like it's it's this, this it really it's happened. It's tangible, yes. right? And he's pleading guilty uh, to certain things, but like because this week we were kind of wrapped up in this whole this thing. If that's the case, y'all filthy man, y'all filthy, because people been like there was resources. Like everybody around trying to figure out what's going on, and so another question that I have before we move to the Killer Mike argument is that you know words have come out about they heard something underneath the sea for sure, possibly, and they were thinking it was like the them beating on, beating on the sides of the of of the submersible. If it wasn't them, what are they hearing underneath the sea? Well, their craft and debris hitting the side of, or maybe it's something else. Well, they heard the explosion. Um, the Navy recorded the explosion. They knew they didn't hear it in real time, but you know, there's like a record. Like an hour or so after that shit happened, they matched up the time. Like, oh, oh, we got the explosion on. But, but I you know also what... can't jump out the window and say this happened until you fully investigate. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like we kind of know who killed this lady. But we can't just jump in there and arrest a person yet. We gonna say we, we gotta still, have enough evidence, yeah, probable cause, because uh, we don't want to get be wrong and tell tell the whole fa- the, the family y'all they did, and then you find out like, oh shit, nigga, that was another explosion. You know what I'm saying? So there are some things you gotta like know concrete first before you just go out and tell the world that it's Namor and them niggas beating them drums underneath the sea. We next, next for what? To come up to come up for air. You seen Avatar? It's a bunch of shit going on up under the sea, Jay. You know, I don't think that's where the aliens coming from. I don't think what's ever under the sea want anything to do with what's on top of the earth. Because if y'all need water, we just need air, and it's way more. I don't know how that volume is. It way more water than air. Is I think it's, yeah, I think it's way more air than it is water volume wise. Okay, because well. the earth is covered by seventy percent water. So that used to be part of my intro. This so I never understood if it's in, is it just in volume or what covers. Anyway, that, um, we're not gonna figure it out because there's a there's a bar. It says if you remove, he said, "How it go?" Come on, old man Jay. It's a bar from somebody, right? <laughs> if you take a, he's like, "You watch, I'm gonna show you." If you if you take a a glass of water and add two cubes of ice, then you should see the water level slightly rise, right? 
You should watch what I'm going to show you. If you take every living organism out of the sea, then wouldn't the world's ocean water level decrease? Then that means the planet wasn't three-quarters water. So is it planted in volume three-quarters water or is it just covered? Because if I take everything out of the sea, then the water going down. Just as when you put a whole bunch of shit, you fill a cup halfway and then put a whole bunch of marbles or some shit, that water going to go because it's only a certain amount of space. The marbles displace the water, boom, boom, boom. So if I take everything out of the sea, then the water, ocean water level decreases. Well, is the planet three-quarters water or is the saying it's covered by three-quarters water? I don't know. And the, and the covered portion is, well, how do you determine if it's covered? Because... <laughs> Nigga, this sounds like du- a math problem. I in Dubai, know. they made them. They made new land, and the, the the globe looks different. Like you realize that, like in the last twenty years, they added land in the shape of a palm. There's some strange shit going on in Dubai, yeah. or just in Saudi over there. There's some strange shit going on. When you look, and you look at the, the globe, and go on Google Maps, whatever, and go over to the United Arab Emirates, or whatever. They they. They're doing two things. They want to make these little palm islands. So literally, the globe does not look like it did 20 years ago because you can see it from space. And they're making one that looks like the world, too. It's crazy. They took a whole bunch of sand, essentially, and poured that shit into the ocean and made land. Now, the whole thing was always like, yo, you got to get land because there ain't no place where they keep making more land. Them niggas made some more land. That's fucking crazy. Did you see, I forget what they call the name of this conglomerate, but it's like a bunch of Saudi billionaires that put their money together and they're buying like sports leagues. And they paid some soccer player, just signed a contract for like $600 million for three seasons. Niggas going to be making like $214 million a year for the next three years. Yeah, they um also that league um the golf league. Yeah, they just merged and shit. They wanted to pay Tiger eight hundred million, and that nigga turned his nose up at that shit last year. Cause y'all not about to own me. If I give you eight hundred million dollars, nigga, I own you. There's nothing you like. I I, I own you. Eight hundred million. I gotta do something for eight hundred million. What you willing to do? I'm not willing to do anything. <laughs> what you willing million. to do? I'm not. There's nothing I want on earth tangible. That I'm willing to compromise. That's generational wealth, nigga. nigga <laughs> we my, talk the, about the next generation. Get out the fucking mud like I did. <laughs> Who the fuck says you should just be okay in life? Eight hundred million is a lot of money. Six hundred million for three seasons is a lot of fucking money. These niggas gonna be ready to buy the NBA and the NFL soon. I mean, or just make a new one. This is what I'm talking about. The fucking the map is different now. Oh. Like, look at that shit. That's beautiful. <laughs> and a palm eye. Look at that shit. This is how the fucking Atlantis was made, by, by the way. Um, or, or what it looked like. How it, much sand does it take to build land, land in the ocean? And look at this. They currently are making a the bunch world. of them. This is like, so this is supposed to be like South America and this is Africa. And they're going to keep doing it until they. Niggas are. This, the globe look different. They're going to build a synthetic. World? No, what I'm saying is the islands that they're making is in the shape of what these countries we look like. I get it. So, you you know. I wonder how big they're going to be. I mean, they're pretty big now. How much sand does it take? I mean, it's the fucking desert. How much? (laughs) We got enough of it. Fuck. Like, we got enough of it. 
I think that the sand in the desert, because it didn't used to be that way. It used to be like an oasis and, and rainforest and shit. I think when the earth got destroyed and everything turned into sand and dust, I think that's what's left of it. The dust. The sand. That's my theory. Okay. All right. Uh, it's Killer Mike joint, though. All right, man. Killer Mike made a really good fucking album. I've been sitting with Michael for like a week now. And you mentioned, we had talked about two songs in particular that... Uh, Three for me. Well, yeah, well, but we we had already agreed upon two. Yeah. Uh, Motherless. Well, I'm going to go them in the order they come in because... Okay. Uh, so the the ones that, that just stood out to me, I, I figured um, deserved um, a conversation is uh, Slummer. Uh, I want to play a little bit of it. Uh, I was only going. I was actually going to make something for the junkies. My music pick. Come on, man! This song. This song is so beautiful. <laughs> The jagged edge. Listen to music, but 
I listen to music and then sometimes I hear what the music is actually saying. Like, I'll start a song over five or six times because, all right, I'm going to listen to all the words. And then somehow you don't end up listening to what he's actually saying, right? Right. And then when I actually heard, and I've been listening to like every Killer Mike interview, so I've been really tapped into the album. When I heard that, basically he was like, yo, he, he, was, de- he was dating a girl. Having sex with her the whole time, she find she get with an older nigga and say, "Yo, it's over. I'm having a baby." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, well, I lost to the older nigga. Yeah, had a baby. Uh, would come to see, go to her mama house and shit, and call him, and he'd go over there and shit, and he kind of feeling like kind of weird because like, nigga, I'm sexing with somebody where they got a baby and shit already. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then we have a, we fuck around and get pregnant again. You get pregnant again, and I I ain't want to tell you I ain't want to keep it, but. Everything I said to you was, nigga, baby girl would be a blessing the whole nine yards. We going to be, quote, unquote, happy. You feel me? Mama asked me for money while I'm rubbing your tummy. And then she went and took you to get a procedure. Because, look, I ain't letting you have two babies. Yeah. I'm not letting you do that. And he Because like, she probably still fairly young at this point. Yeah. And from his point of view, it's like, damn. I, I, I guess, I mean... Am I am I happy? But like I told my friends though that I'm having a baby. But what else do you do when you find out you're having? Well, he said if I know if I knew your mom wasn't gonna let you keep it, I'd have never told my friends. So something about that makes me say you was still happy to be having a child. And sometimes, a hundred percent of the time, it's not the man's decision. It's sometimes not even it's not even the, the 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 woman's decision. It could be her parents' decision. Nah, you're not having this baby. Yeah, you're not gonna be in my house with two kids and you 18. And what really made that it, it stuck out to me in this one because Killer Mike talked about his own situation when he was on a Breakfast Club and Sways or whatever. He grew up as his 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 mom gave him up at 16 to her mother because her his, her grandma couldn't have any children anymore naturally and when she was about to get married she asked can, she's ke- can she keep, keep them? them and he was talking about how the relationship he didn't look at that the same basically and I thought I, I, I drew a combination between those two like um, wanting the baby and then mama coming in and saying you're not keeping and mama having a, a say so in this whole relationship or how that goes true double entendre yeah but like he used a story of uh, Solomon in the Bible when he was going to cut the baby in half when two women was arguing over it no, that's my baby that's my baby well give me the baby I'm going to slice him in half and give you both you niggas one part a piece of him he's like nah half let you her get, have let her have it cause, and hey you knew that's who the real mother was yeah so when he said like he kind of fuck him up a little bit when he think about all the times his moms would come over there and like how difficult it must be to see your child be raised by somebody else, but also to know you in better hands. Because I do care about, I am very young. How many people though that we know that live that kind of life? Like where their grandparents raised them because their parents was just... yeah. Or you never knew that your, your sister is actually your mom. Yeah. And your grandma is actually, well, your mom is your grandmother and your sister or your auntie is actually your mom. Yeah. As 100% people like that you didn't know. You know, I, I remember later on in my life, I dated a young lady 
and I knew her in high school. We didn't date back then, but like she had a baby in 11th grade. And then like when it was time for her to graduate, she was pregnant like with her, with her second child. And like, you know, I, I know that her mother had a hand in like raising those kids until like she was damn near like in her mid twenties and really like on her feet, married, like moving forward in life before they were all under the same roof and just some of the difficulties that came along with it. Because like you said, the kids saw her one way. I see mom on the weekends or maybe vacations or shit like that, but it's never, you know, they've never lived with each other full time until, you know, but by that time, the kids is teenagers and, yeah. you know, you mid twenties, you, you, I don't know if you watched, um, Godfather Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the situation that, um, he was going through with his, his daughter. His daughter, like yo, she was addicted to drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like she's strung out, addicted to drugs. We taking this baby. We gonna raise her as ours. And it wasn't until she, you know, got clean, met the nation of Islam or whatever, and she wanted to be, yo, this is my baby. I'm not her sister. You know what I'm saying? And once she got clean, it was a, it was a, it was a, a power a, struggle. Yeah, because like yo, I want to be with my daughter. I'm not under the poison no more. The nation got me together, but you got to do what's in the what's in the best interest of the child. What too. is the best interest of the child? I don't know. You, I don't know. I've never been there. You I mean, know what I'm saying? You, when you live with a with the, a notorious gangster and drug dealer, like is the best <laughs> is is uh, Bumpy Johnson the best person to raise the child? I literally kill and steal and rob and and sell drugs in the community. I know I, I won't mention the name, but I know somebody that was close to me at one point had a baby. Somebody completely different had a baby in high school, and the child's father got killed. Mm. Uh, we were probably like sixteen, seventeen, and the father was like around the same age and got killed. And she was devastated, went into a very deep depression, didn't know what to do, and now she got this newborn. And I remember her mother being like, "Look, you know, I know you're going through a lot, and you got to." you know, pull yourself together for yourself. And now you had his baby. And her mother was like, would you feel better if I took, you know, you can sign your rights over to me and I'll keep the baby while you figure out life and all of that. And she was like, you know, while she thought that might be the solution, she was like, that's what she needed to kind of like snap out of the depression was like, look, I have to now live and move forward for my kids. And, I know and just as a mother, you know, and I know we're going to talk about the other song, Motherless. You know, mothers make so many selfless sacrifices for ch just parents in general, but mothers yeah. make so many selfless sacrifices for their children. And you never know what type of turmoil or, or internal, you know, fights or stresses that these women have to make in order to do what they feel is best for a child. Man, somebody close to me, she told me that... Um I needed this type of love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, truly unconditional love from a, from a child. She's like, I needed this. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck what was going on in your life. And this, when this happens, yo, this is actually the thing that could get my shit back on track. Speaking of like, um, like your homegirl and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah. This is what, I can give you my responsibility, mom, but I'm never going to get right if I don't never have to face up and live up to my responsibility. So maybe having his son or whatever, it's like, nah, this is what's, that's the, like I know men 
I've said it on this podcast Ooh. more than once, having kids saved my life. It saved my life. I don't have no doubt in my mind I would be dead today if I didn't have children. Yeah. Because it legit saved my life. It gave me something to live for. Man, somebody told me not, not too long ago, she's like, I want to I see what it's going to be like when you have a kid. Will you go extra? And she was like, because you got, I see two different options for you, but I don't know which one you're going to take. Do you buckle down and put everything into your extracurricular stuff and pod and video and everything, or do you give everything up and like, no, I'd just rather be a father? And she was like, I have no idea which one you would do, but I want to see. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. And I do want to see how fatherhood is going to change you one day. It's 100% going to change. I know it is. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be one of those two extremes. I, I don't know what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? I'm fairly sure I'm going to be a better person, but what if I just stop caring about everything else? Like, nah, this it. You're, so just as my friend, you are a very extremist when it comes to things, just from my opinion. Like, you really, when something... Once I make my mind up. Yeah, it's, that's what it is. And I think that, like, you're going to unlock... When you find out... Because I know when you have a child, she's not just going to be some rando. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to turn you into super family man once you once a child gets in the mix of this. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, man, I can't pod on Fridays no more. <laughs> Got to figure something out, though. <laughs> it's natural birth class on Fridays. Yeah. Um, or we be podding together in natural birth class. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, all right, man. This other song is called uh, Something for Junkies. And I would listen to this song before I heard it, too. Like, I didn't hear it until um, Fabo last verse. I have probably listened to the song a couple times, but when he was like, I mean. I'm, when, I, when I heard him talk about it, I, I believe it was on Sway. I had listened to, like, I had listened to the album in its entirety the first day. But when I heard it, until he talked about it on Sway, I didn't even it didn't even click for me that that was Fabo on the song. Oh, that's wild. Fabo been getting back out there. You know, we played the joint with yeah, him. Yeah, with him and uh, T. Villa. Yeah, but like... um, Bring a friend. He was like, I, bet, I know there's somebody out there hoping their mama don't die. Now, we in the neighborhood and the hood and all the other dumb shit, like we have a, a, a particular a feeling towards crackhead. We, I think the term crackhead is fucking offensive. People that are addicted to drugs. Does. Like, I don't, I don't... And the reason I think of it is offensive because of how offensive that lifestyle is. Yes. And when we say it, we know what we're saying. I really hate when white people say crackhead because I feel like they're talking about somebody black. Even though crackhead is not black so, specific, but when they say it, you know I'm a gun, gum YouTuber and all the other shit. Yeah. Now, them niggas usually be like right wing, right? I'm not on the left, but like them niggas be like far right wing. And when they say it, like so if a crackhead breaks in your house, I always feel like, yeah. If a nigga breaks in your house. Yeah, like, I, like nigga, I'm, I fuck with that side on certain shit, but like, I know when a motherfucker playing with me. Don't nigga, play in my face. I don't want face. a crackhead to break into my house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like when they say it, I be feeling like it's some dog whistle shit. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. Uh, and that's really why I start, stop, I don't like the word like that. But we always think of, um, like we we treat them motherfuckers bad. But everybody got somebody in their family that's addicted to drugs. And regard regardless of what they've done to you, what they've done to your family, there is a piece of you that don't want to get that call that like 
yo, that that was the hit that killed them. Dog, them drugs got a hold on these people. Yeah. That shit is the devil. Look, man, I I I, I talk about it where I went through my 12-step program because I was trying not to lose my job. But like being in them classes and listening to people that I, I always talk about, I never forget it. There was a lady that was talking about how she was addicted to crack and cocaine and that she had her baby with her in the rock house wrapped in a towel because she didn't she was spending every dime that she had. On, on rock and to get fucked up and like she didn't have no money for diapers so she just kept like folding the towel over every time the baby soiled in it because that's how strung out the fuck she was and like listening to people like really go through that addiction the things that they lost the ups and downs like yo people legit lost their entire lives you know what helped me deal with this type of thing is watching snowfall yeah, when Melanie turned into a crackhead, it was quick, and and a, or a free base the whole nine yards. Like yo, that shit was so fucking innocent, nigga. They had a party smoking weed. Basically, we didn't know what this shit was. We had no idea what this shit was. And you seen how Wanda flipped the whole night? Like we didn't know what it would do then, and they was just smoking socially. We just having a good time. But we all like even now, it's, it'd be wild to me. I'd be like, yo, how do in twenty twenty three? People be like new drug addicts and shit like that. But when I was just saying, when we start off the pile, like we not knowing what all other things happen in somebody's life before a particular moment, you could have had the worst day in your life. And for whatever reason, you're not in your right mind. Let me take a load off. Let me drink this. Let me pop this pill. Let me drink this alcohol. And now your body is addicted to whatever it is. And now you just need it. And now, oh, this drug is going to give me that too? Cheaper? It's like, you don't get like, a, I'm not saying you like you get a pass or no shit like that, but like everybody has their own story about how it started. But it started, and now I can't stop it. Yeah. If you can wish that shit away, it'll be gone. If you can punish that shit away, it'll be gone. But you can't. You got to deal with the the deep the emotional. Demon. The demon. That demon and that deep issue that drove, that drove you to it anyway. You feel me? And it's like, Niggas in our culture, in our rap music, and I'm guilty of saying this shit myself. Nigga, we used to rap about selling the drugs. Now y'all rapping about doing it, but we sold it to y'all. Yeah. Not me per se, but like, yeah, we sold the drugs, and now you look down at the person buying them. Nigga, that's the reason that you got this house. The reason that you take care of your family. The reason that you can that you can rap about this magnanimous life that you live is because of the drugs that you allegedly sold. Yeah, and like the way that we treat them, yo, everybody got a crack in the house that do anything for two dollars. Come watch, come clean my car. Come, come, come do. My friend, that's a that's a person. Now that we person look at got them that as less than a person because of their because of their addiction, though. That demon that that that. They, that drug's got a hole on them, but that is still a person in there, and you don't know the reason why I started. I got a loved one, a family member who has a story who's no longer with us, but the way that they started, it wasn't they fought. You feel me? Like, it, it, it legitimately wasn't their fault. I know, I know somebody that's not a family member of mine, but they were close to me like family, and, like, it was legit 
one time that they tried it and they never turned back. Like, and we talking like college educated man, you know, doing amazing things and like legit out partying one night, tried it and has, is not even the same person anymore. I said, the United States government did this to my loved one. The Marines, they did this. They did this. You feel me? Like, it, it's not everybody fault. Then Mike even said, like, yo, was you a nigga trying to smoke weed? And did the nigga do you dirty like they did DMX? The nigga he looked up to laced his weed with something. And now I'm stuck with this shit forever. Yeah. All that pain DMX was going through. On, on, on top of all the shit he was going through as a kid, the nigga he looked up to laced his shit. And have been hooked ever since. All that shit... I'm not trying to say that there ain't no personal accountability for it because there is. You are ultimately responsible for your actions the whole nine yards. But like as a human being, we do got to have some sort of, I would like for us to have some sort of compassion and understanding. That doesn't mean you have to let the drug uh, addicted person live in your house and do all the stuff. You know, protect your peace, protect your family, everything like that. But they humans, though. Like they, they, they human. <laughs> and like the the relationship that we got with them specifically, and drug dealers, and and our culture, and our music, and everything like that. Like, fam, you use them people. Nobody blames the drug dealing cousin for Auntie being addicted, but like it's he's part of the cycle. It's all good when, you know, Cousin Moan got a Benz and, you know, he he give all the kids $50 when he pull up. It's so crazy. You applauding drug dealers for giving money back to the community that came from the community. Fam, you know what? You wouldn't have to give out turkeys if you weren't taking the money from their parents. Yeah. Oh, you gave 10% of the money. You gave, you, you took a You tithed. You basically. You tithed. To you your you God, you which is the devil. I told a girl today, like, man, niggas out here praising the devil. Unbeknown, like everything that you look for and you worship, because that's what it is, worship. Like, we, some people really love the devil and praise the underworld. Because if you set, if you wrote everything good on one side, everything bad on the other, and look at your life, nigga, what side do you belong on? Well, Ransom say, if you're not confronting the devil six times a day, you're probably walking with him. It's crazy. But uh, play that song for the junkies, man. Especially that end part with Fabo. Song for the addicts. Song for the users. Song for the junkies and the substance abusers. Song for the car washers. Song for the shade tree. Song for my Uncle Jeff. He died and they paid me. Something for Ken Folks in front of my stove front. Shout out to Terrence Dad, I never hit your blunts. Cause that was them blow blunts, that wasn't them drove blunts. That was them geek junts, and I got slipped one. Man, I was geek once, man, that was no fun. I had to call mom, cause I am Denise's son. She said, stay calm, chill out and eat, son. Laughed at me later on, said you were just geek, son. This is for geek monsters, this is for junkies. Already running the DMX, did somebody do to you? Hey, this is for the J's working hard to get paid. Pay them fair wage and do not treat your people like slaves. Something for junkies, something for losers. 
Man, don't treat your people like slaves. Think about how we took. <laughs> this is. <laughs> think about how quote unquote white folks used to treat slaves like they weren't human. We turn around and do the same shit. You know I done posted this shit on my Instagram a million times. Struggles with addiction You can say Whatever you want to About You still love them Crackheads and junkies It's somebody praying That they mama Don't die This is like uh, when somebody say they a rap artist. I think the term is overused because all this shit not art. Yeah. Like, but some of this stuff is, is is legitimately art. You know, some and a lot of people talk about like I made the project. I made it. Like, no, nigga, this is an album. This is a cohesive thought. This is a cohesive body of work, a unit. You know, with when you tie in. Like like the Farrakhan speeches in between the songs, the the inter, or I don't even want to call them interludes. The passages at the end of some of these songs, like when he said he was like, I wanted to sound like a Pentecostal revival, like somewhere in the deep south, in a in a tent outside. It's a hundred degrees, and we saving souls. And this is what this album feels like. You listen to this album, you feel like you know who Michael is, you know. 
He's like, yo, that kid on the front of this cover is a nine-year-old kid. I created Killer Mike. I'm Michael. I, clay, I created a superhero called Killer Mike, and I've been rapping under that alias and everything, but I'm Michael. Like, this is my life. You feel me? Like, Dog, I, I told you, I tweeted Killer Mike this week, and I was like, yo, it felt like he took some pages out of my life and rapped about them, and he sent me the peace sign back. Like, this is, like, some of this shit, I can, I lived it. I can relate to it. Man, Young Dog, younger than me, so Young Dog used to be in the barbershop with us, you know? Like, he wasn't like, we was barbershop friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see him every couple of weeks and shit. Yo, what's up, man? You you joining the conversation shit. Cool young nigga. And uh, I went in there one week and he had passed away. He was uh, in a hotel room with a girl popping some pills or perks or some shit and he ain't wake up. Damn. She found him and went through his phone, called us peoples and shit. Young dude, you feel me? Overdose. On shit that niggas think is like some party, party drugs, drugs shit yeah. like that. Like, Damn, man, young niggas is overdosing. Niggas make like songs that. about Papa Perk for you. Yeah. Like, that. That's crazy. It's crazy, man. Nigga. Unrelated, possibly, but unrelated. You see Big Pokey? This Big Pokey passed on stage. He died on stage. stage. Damn, you, I heard him take his last breath. He was like, <gasps> and just fell the fuck over, dog. Yeah. I couldn't watch that. Like, I. I like I didn't, I didn't. I couldn't watch that whole video. I didn't realize what I was watching when I was watching it, cause you know a video come on your timeline or whatever. Yeah. And like I heard about it, but I didn't, I didn't realize that was the video until I, you know, you come out of it and you, then you see the tweet up top. I'm like, yo, shit! Like I didn't, I didn't know this was it. That was crazy. <sighs> crazy, and he's fairly a fairly young man, man, mid forties, man. Um, and then of course, man, this 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 uh this motherless. motherless song, man. Man. Depressed and be feeling scared You see I won't prepare And never will be To think about your destiny Sometimes it kill me You won't believe it mama I achieved it mama I turned these hating ass people To believers mama A black boy going to a team mama mama Gets regarded as a leader by his people mama And God sent me back to normal To be next to you I was glad to trade it off Cause I be missing you I be missing hugging you I be kissing you I miss all the jewels and I miss all your wisdom too. Some days I be mean as fuck and I be mean as too. Fuss and fighting over fuck shit that be minuscule. Shay and Taj tell me that's just a Denise and you. And it's in both your daughters, Mikey and Anaya too. And the post I posted on, he was like, when he finally got into the studio, no ID, EP the album, executive produced the album. He was like, you need another song. And uh, he's like, nigga, you hide him something. He's like, nigga, I ain't hiding from nothing, nigga. My mama dead, my grandmama dead. He's like, no, that's what you got to talk about. But he said he had never said those words. Yeah. But I, I can understand that because, like, nigga, for me, I used to tell, like, I, I, I told people, like, my mama passed. Yeah. But I remember. Like, I don't use that. I don't use that four-letter word. I don't, I never say that shit. I, I never said it. And then, like, my daughter said it to me. She was like, daddy, I know you're sad because your mama's dead. 
like trying to comfort me. But like that was the first time I had ever heard somebody utter that my mother was dead. Mm. And nigga, that and this is after we had buried her. Like after we had cremated her, had the service, my my daughters like just saw just saw me down, and she was like, "I know you hurt because your mama is dead." And like, dog, that shit broke Whew. me. That shit. Whew. She put her little bitty arms around me, and did whatever she felt she could to comfort me in that moment. But like, I tell niggas, and I I wouldn't wish losing your mother on somebody that I hated. Heaven is at the feet of your mother. It really is. And now my mom's been gone almost 11 years. And like, I'm to the point where like, like, I don't remember her voice no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, there there used to be a video on YouTube that my, my cousin had of my mother singing. Her and my great aunt was singing. And I can't find the video on YouTube. I haven't been able to get in touch with my cousin who shot the video. And like, that's the last thing that I, that's the last recording I know of her like being her and like uh, losing your mother will change you as a person. Yeah, man. And um, whether you got a good relationship with them or not, like call them, figure it out. He said something. He said his grandma said like, listen, sometimes you got to give up your right for somebody else wrong. Yes, they wrong. Sure. Give up you being right, though. Because we got to make this shit work. Yes, they was wrong. That's okay. They human. They may never see it your way. Yeah. But is it worth it? You got to give up your right sometimes for somebody else wrong. And that's one of them, to you, you what you kind of said earlier, like one of them sacrifices you probably have to give up. Sometimes the parent makes sacrifices. Sometimes the child makes sacrifices. Yeah. Maybe it's the cousin that makes sacrifices. Maybe it's the uncle. But whatever the fuck it is, sometimes you got to give up your right for somebody else wrong. Because like at the end of the day, man, we were talking about the $800 million and shit. The fam- it's not a lot of shit that I want f- physically. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that I can think of that I want, it's intangible. I, I mean, how many computers can you give me? You feel me? Like, how many cars can you, like, I, I care about that shit, but like, anything, everything I want, it's, it's intangible. So, I mean, would, would I take a Bentley and this? Like, all right, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, what's this going to do for me? And sometimes... The intangible is a person that you are not seeing eye to eye with and you just wish this fucking mountain that's in between y'all would move. And if what it takes for that fucking mountain to be moved is for you to be like, just accept them being wrong. Like, this motherfucker was wrong as fuck. Like, I, I know what was right in this situation. Fuck it. All right, I don't care no more. Because I need this mountain gone. I wish every situation was sometimes that easy or that linear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure Easier said than done You know what I'm saying It's mountains I want to move You know what I'm saying And sometimes Just be like Yo I just don't know How to start the conversation Off to even begin The climb I swear it's three Like I said It's three mountains In my life That I would move today If I could have The conversation necessary And you know I just pray that I pray to God Work it out Man since we on The killer mic tip And Father's Day And all that shit Was coming It came Whatever I said something in one of these interviews And I'm like you know what I think I want this 
it was kind of hard buying gifts for me. Because, I mean, for the most part, everything I want, I pretty much got. And anything I really want, that shit costs too much for you to buy it for me. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. But, like, I think for birthdays and everything, for my loved ones, hey, yo, write me a letter and tell me how you feel about me. I would rather that. Like, on your birthday, if all your friends told you what they love about you, like, in writing, that's, nigga, I'm happy. Could they drop down to one knee and read it aloud to me? Listen, man, when you going through some shit in life, you feeling down or depressed or some shit, and you don't want to reach out and talk to nobody, if you can slide over and read and open a box and read about how important you are to all of your friends and loved ones, I'm not saying that's going to get you out of your shit. That's a great fucking start, though. You know, one of it's, it's funny that you mention that because when my mother passed, somebody gave me a card, and in the card they wrote about an experience that they had with my mother and their memory of her. Uh, and, you know, they handed it to me like any, like all the cards I was getting, you know, during that time. But like this person, like she was like, I want you to make sure that you keep this one and that you read it in your own private time. And when I did, man, like, you know, even though she's been gone almost 11 years now, this card, th- those words, th- like it gives me some type of peace and solace. I don't know if you feel this way, but like I feel a way every time I add a year on that my mom's been gone. Oh, she passed last year. Oh, it was two years ago. It was three years ago. It was four years ago. It was 2017. Like, I don't know. It just, it's it's, a, it's, it's almost like I don't want to acknowledge that it's been this long. And every time I got to say, oh, and such and such, it seems so long ago. And I, and I think outwardly it feels like, oh, shit. I feel like people be, no one has ever given me this, no one has ever given me this feeling. But it's in my own head. It's like, oh, nigga, that was seven years ago. Get over it. Or nigga, that was such and such. Like every time a year go past, it just—I don't know, man. It's a constant reminder for me because my daughter was born and my mother passed less than a month later, and she is so proud of being ten years old. You know, her for her, she's still at that age where every birthday is a celebration. Oh, shout out. I'm probably going to start a GoFundMe because y'all podcast needs need braces and it's going to cost me a whole lot of money. And I want y'all to to donate to y'all podcast niece that I talk about damn near every week. But my baby girl, 10, and like she's coming up, you know, anytime somebody asks her age, well, I'm 10 and a half. I'm be 11 in December. Well, I couldn't wait to get the double digits. I thought and, I was the man. And that is always how... I remember how long. Yeah, because my 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 mother saw her once, and then a couple of weeks later she was gone. And you know, we talk about the transference of energy, the you know the the exchange of energy. And I never forget, you know, my I always talk about my baby was born. She was a pound and seven ounces, was in the NICU. My mother got a chance to see her one time. Before you go into the NICU, you got to scrub down for like two or three minutes. And I didn't know only the parents were supposed to touch 
the baby. And my mother scrubbed down, you know, this is her first time seeing her, first and only time seeing her grandchild, and she wanted to touch her grandbaby. And the nurse came like, no, no, only the parents can. But my mama had already put her hands on her, and I felt, you know, I, I just in my mind, like that was, that was the change. Like my mother gave what she had to my baby, and I I exchanged one for the other. And I'm I'm not mad at the exchange. I you know, uh I look at my daughter and I can see my 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 grandmother, her great grandmother. They look almost identical in the face. And and my mother, anybody that knows her, you can ask Verge, was like a, a very sweet woman. And like that's that's my baby girl. She's sweet as pie. I mean, she got a little attitude to her because she's just a sassy little girl. But for the most part, she just sweet as pie. And like, I just felt like that was, you know, the exchange my mother gave to her in that moment because she never saw her again. Man. Every time I look at my uh, my little cousin, our daughter, Brooklyn, uh, every time I listen to the picture of her, right? And these pictures, November 22nd, 2017, is my, the day my mom passed, probably three minutes after these pictures were taken because I was in the living room while I was in the back room, and then they called me. Um, they called me in the back like, yo, come on. And so this was at 2.45, so about 2.50, the whole thing, but like, it's like it's like etched in my it's like etched in my brain. Like every time I look at her face, because that was the face that I saw right before I went in the room. And then randomly this picture would come up around that same day or whatever. And um it's just one of them things where Dog, I, <laughs> I feel you because I remember exactly I remember my phone going off in my pocket and the door, somebody knocking on the door. And I open up the door and it's my ex-wife because I had the kids with me. I open up the door, it's my ex-wife. And she had to, I'm like, what the fuck you doing here? Like, it's like damn near 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, what the fuck you here for? And then I was like, hold on. And I pick up the phone and it was my dad. And I could just tell by the tone in his voice. And I was holding the phone and looking at her. And I heard her, I saw her mouth to me, I'm sorry. Because she had already knew. Like, my dad had already called her and told her to come get the kids. And I, uh, <laughs> oh man, it was, uh. That shit just heavy. So I, that that motherless shit hit with me because, like, mm. you know, I don't have no no parents. Mm. Both both my parents is gone, and like, even though I ne- didn't necessarily depend, I've been independent and living on my own since I was like nineteen. But like, you f- you understand what no safety net feels like when you don't have them. And, you know, I was joking with a friend of mine, like, at this point, I, I almost feel like I'm an orphan sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I I don't, my grandparents gone, my parents gone. I don't have, like, I got one uncle, you know what I'm saying? I don't have, like, a bunch of aunts and uncles. I don't come from a big-ass family. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, you know, because... You so created pe- a family, a big family. I, so I did. You, I did. And not even in the joke, but, like, nah, tap into that. And I always joke with a friend of mine, like, when she's like, I'm going to pray for you. And I'd be like, I, when people tell me they're praying for me, I, I take that sincerely because I feel like, you know, with them being gone, I don't have nobody that say my name in prayer no more. And, uh, 
yeah, man, heaven is at the feet of your mother. Like your parents are literally your direct connection to God. And if you got them, like plug in with that. Just touch them, grab it, feel that energy, and just hold on to that as long as you can. Big facts. So I think it goes without saying that we really enjoyed this album. Love you feel it. me? It's Love a it. everything on the album ain't super emotional, but it is. <laughs> Some of it just rap, but still it. But like, listen, man. Uh, do yourself a favor. Take a listen. You know what I'm saying. Tap in. I want to know how y'all feel. And some for the junkies is is just my music pick of the week. Turn it up, listen to it, digest it, and like don't expect geeked up spaceships on Bankhead Fable. Like you getting you getting a whole different version, and it's just as powerful as anything else he's done. Um, whenever at all possible, be kind, and it's always possible. Yeah. Um, whose man's is this? Whose man's is this? I want to give whose man's is this to a gentleman who will be spending the next 365 days behind bars. So uh, why actual, why activate the red and blue lights, though? I, I didn't know that the, they were on the vehicle. Awesome. No, why activate them? I didn't know they were on the vehicle. You didn't know they were flashing? No. You just were just driving around with flashing blue and red lights. I didn't know they were on the vehicle. I thought you said you bought it like that. I, 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 I did. You bought the BMW like that with yeah. the red and blue lights on it. And I didn't know it was on there. But they, but they were on. Yeah, it's pretty weird. How long have you owned that vehicle? A couple months. And you just and you don't even know how to turn the lights on or off or anything like that. They just they just stay on when you're driving around and you've never been stopped before. Yep. Why don't, you show, why don't you show us? Can you the, show the us? The car's currently in the impound. It has a hold on it. That's a different silver BMW up Yeah, front? I have like four four BMWs. Okay. Um, your mom doesn't mind you staying here with your four BMWs? No. A young man lives in a trailer park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 taught, he said his whole thing with a little smirk on his face. Doing one year in jail uh, because he impersonated a police officer with the blue and reds and pulled over an off-duty police officer. Boy, some jokes write themselves. <laughs> like, he got, and apparently there was a foot chase. <laughs> there was a chase. He got away, and I guess he swapped the plates on the BMWs and shit. So I guess the one that they was looking for, they couldn't find. He, but you take your dumb ass to jail for a year. You're not gonna make it, kid. <laughs> Nah. I don't know what nationality is. I would just rather call my this white kid, but he look he could be something else too. But a little Chaldean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yo, you know, I mean, you're gonna be in the county for a year. Yo, the county ain't where you wanna be at. He is he gonna be an OCJ or Wayne? Uh who knows? Either OCJ or. got rims. So I mean you might Don't go play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I'm never going. I'm I'm never going there, right? But I'm definitely not playing cards and not playing and not hooping. You fuck around, missed the shot. This nigga made us lose again. <laughs> you, you know, I I spent I spent a little bit of time in OCJ, and the hooping actually like keeps some of the bullshit down, because niggas at least got a little outlet to blow. I'm also 41. I'm not about to go to jail and get injured and being that motherfucker crippled or some shit. Can you imagine blowing your Achilles and being in OCJ? No, nah, no, nah, that's not a thing. You man. a victim. <laughs> you an instant victim And they not even gonna believe There's something wrong with your leg For a while <laughs> Like Hey yo 
Get the fuck up. It's count time. Nah, I can't stand, sir. <laughs> like, why you keep dragging you go, your foot? You can go stand and we going to beat your ass and make you stand. Or you trying to get to the child line. You you holding the line up because you move. You dragging your foot. Nigga, I drive. Now you getting your ass beat. Nigga, when I tore my Achilles, I went to urgent care the next day. They said it was a bruise. Nigga, I drug my foot around that car center, nigga, for a day, for that, for like a week. It was a week later. Then I went to like, yo, that shit ain't really getting no better. I went and got some X-rays. They, it was a like on a Monday. Nigga, you was out for sur- You was out in surgery like a few days later. Yeah, nigga, they called me on a Wednesday while I was at LA Fitness working out. It was like we gotta have emergency surgery, nigga, <laughs> and I was out on Friday. Like Friday, I was getting my, my shit cut open. You feel me? Uh, they gave me different exercises to do. I'm up there stretching that motherfucker some more. I'm like, you weak ass urgent care on uh, Van Dyke and I don't know thirteen and didn't, Van Dyke. didn't Muddy blow his Achilles too? Yeah, he just he just came back. You know what I'm saying? He's still doing his recovery and shit. But yeah, there was a comedian that was talking about like. Blowing your Achilles in 40 He was like nigga You're going from Not doing shit To a full sprint After not After not stretching your body shit 10 years ago Probably probably like 11 years ago Like 10 years ago specifically I was in the best shape of my life Uh, I did Tough Mudder Was was June 29th of of 2013 Cause it just They just It was last week Yeah Everywhere on this time and shit Like And that's what I did after my Achilles tear to make sure I was like back up and like I'm back in in effect because I was th- also thought the world was going to come to an end. So it was some anarchy. I need to be ready for the I zombies. need to be ready for the zombie attack. So I went through 15, no, 25 obstacle courses, 12 miles, got electrocuted, went through barbed wire, swam, jumped off cliffs, hopped over. Like I'm ready. You feel me? But I was in the best shape of my life. That was 10 years ago. Um, but uh, that's how I knew my Achilles was like I'm back up and running and shit. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to tear one at forty. I, I still feel you have a limp for the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't want to do it. You feel me? So, uh, yeah, man. But whose man is this? Like, why you thought it was okay? Wow, he. Why are you pulling people over? What goes through your mind to say, "Hey, <laughs> hey, yo, I'm gonna I'm flick that nigga right there"? If a BMW. Flash the blue and reds on me I'm not stopping If anything other than Do you remember a few years ago When the Highland Park mayor Kind of got into that bullshit hmm. He had he had a Benz And he had the lights on it And he was using it to like Blow through lights And like Highland Park I think at the time They still had like Wayne County sheriffs And like somebody tried to pull him over And he had like a whole bitch fit Like do you know who the fuck I am Did you see the one in Orlando like that? No let me show you this shit, dog, because this nigga's fooling. I've seen a couple, and Florida is a wild place. All right. Um, For so many reasons. Nigga, look at this shit, dog. Tonight, a high speed chase. Oh, I did of a see that. Police officer. He was pulling over another police officer. This nigga going over 100 miles an hour. Blocking him at nearly double the speed limit in a marked car. You going to pull over? Please say a command. Pull over. A Seminole County deputy eventually making the traffic stop. What? I am going into work, my man. Why are you trying to pull me over as I'm going into work? Because you're going 80 and a 45. I am going into work. Okay, where are you going to work What does it look like I am dressed for? What does it look like I am dressed for? (laughs) The conversation coming to a dead end. My name is Deputy Hilton, and they see your driver's license. No, 
the Orlando officer <laughs> Alexander no. Shawnee, who left got the back scene, in the was later car. charged with reckless driving and eluding the county. Nigga lost his job for that shit. Emergency yeah. lights and sirens during the. I also saw one also in Florida. It was one was Dade County and one was somewhere else. But he was he was floating that bitch and they was behind him for like four minutes with the lights and he never stopped and he was like oh, I ain't see y'all nigga was clearly drunk and he basically was like yo I'm a cop what you doing we supposed to look out for each other he was like and the guy was like well shit like my captain everybody involved now it's too late nigga and uh maybe you would have pulled over I don't know <laughs> three three and a half miles ago we could have walked talked this yeah. shit out and then like he started trying to get he's like yo fam stop talking like don't you don't want? I, I'll call the fuck you, you want. I'll call your union rep, fam. Stop talking, cause if you keep talking, I'm gonna have to use this shit. Like yo, yo, that the the the, the thin blue wall, the the wall is getting thinner. Okay, the niggas is not that niggas is not in Florida. Apparently, they not looking out for each other. Okay? We we not all on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga, like nigga, you doing eighty five and a forty? I mean, that's not too bad. I mean, you need eighty five. What do you on mean eighty five and a forty, nigga? You that's reckless driving. Nigga, you ain't ever did eighty on Telegraph. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nigga, and 25 over is reckless fucking driving. Uh, you know how I know? Because I've been to court for it. Nigga, I, I got to go to court on Monday. I seen a nigga in the Maserati outrun the cops. That nigga avoided two pit maneuvers, jumped off the freeway at 120, had the cops go. He was doing 140. He slowed because the cop, he was gone. He slowed down. Got by the cops. The cop did a pit maneuver. He dodged it, hopped off the freeway, and the nigga got away. Now, they they took him, got his name. They even fingerprinted the nigga on the street, like on the on the side of the road. And my man, I'm like, oh, this nigga about to run. He, you can, and everything about his body language was like, let me get the fuck out of here. Because I guess he has a bottle of liquor and um, some drugs. Um, when, um, I'm like, yo, the nigga was like, catch me another day. You like 41 years old. He wasn't a young nigga, but he can drive like a motherfucker. So have you seen it's a nigga on TikTok that show his videos of him eluding the police? I I, I think this is a horrible idea. It's a bad idea. Uh, don't do it. And I'm probably wrong for even promoting it, but I'm telling you what I saw because we talking about the police. But it's a bad idea. And but like more and more people are doing it like fuck I'm just gonna run. And it's just just they're dangerous. making these cars faster and faster. These young niggas don't have these Hellcats just for burning up the streets. But the car it, the, the, being fast ain't the thing. It's the handling. Oh yeah. That 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 Maserati handling is better than a fucking die. What he was doing at 120 miles an hour. You flip your shit. Like he, I have no idea how the nigga did it, but at 120 he got off the freeway ramp. He was in this lane immediately, and like, what's so funny? He he kind of like warmed up the because he started. Like, he started moving the car back and forth, like, warming up the shocks or some shit. Like, he knew what the fuck he was doing. The nigga could drive. Do you do you not buy a car like that? Not to know what the fuck you doing yeah. with the bitch? Yeah. I don't, know what he, I don't know what he was on. He made it worse for himself, but whatever he was going with them drugs, they had to get there. <laughs> it's either I go to jail or the plug kill me in jail. Yeah, so, <laughs> nigga, these drugs is making it home. <laughs> whatever is in this car, whatever else is in this car is making where it got to have, go. Have you yeah. ever been in the car with a nigga that ran? Uh, No. I was behind the car, though. So, look, uh, two of my homies uh, who are in Mexico right now <laughs> uh, was coming from an event and uh, on the lodge 
And one of them had just got this, I don't want to give you too incriminating, a fast car. Okay. A sports car. And the police flicked the lights and he was like, fuck it. Boom. Which is wild because this is not the type of nigga that get in trouble. Right. But, and it was raining, <laughs> but they got away. Okay. Cops never got him. You open that bitch up. Let's see Detroit police officers on the lodge. I hit 120, 100. Like, come on. Y'all not doing that, dog. Nah. Y'all not doing it. Well, they didn't do it at the time. This was a couple years ago. A lot of times they won't chase. You Shut- shouldn't, actually. Because, nigga, we got your, we we got the camera on the, on the we got your license plate. Yeah, like now with the technology, like, nigga. Well, we'll see you later. My nigga. They got the drone on you. Like, if I don't get you tonight, I'll get you tomorrow. Call that helicopter, my nigga. They, they, and once you type in that license plate, they know where the bitch registered to. We we showing up with the tow truck. Yeah, so. And yes, we may not catch you tomorrow. You're right. But eventually, like when they put, so I had a homie of mine, and I was in the car with him when he was on the run. And he was like, you know. Like, they ain't looking for me in this car. Like, I'm a... If I'm ever in the car with a nigga who doing a dash, I'm rolling the windows out, <laughs> and I'm putting my hands out the window. I need y'all to know that I'm not with this nigga, dog. Like, out the window. When they pull y'all over, they beating both y'all ass. No, get, I'm going to be like... <laughs> my hell. Listen, man. I'm not... No. Let me out. Then keep going. I'll cause a distraction. I don't give a fuck. Let me best out. I, best I do is slow down to 40. Let me Jump. out, dog. Best I do. Best I give you. I slow this bitch down to forty. Cause tuck your head, don't be think- Tuck your head to your chin. At this point, like, shoot yourself if you don't want to go to jail, nigga. End this shit at all. Because what are you doing? This is not going. You, you about to run for the rest of your life for a fucking traffic violation? Like, I'm just saying, if it's a speeding ticket, my nigga, like, all right, just eat that bitch. Yeah, like some of this shit just be dumb. Niggas be crashing the fuck. Out in the city of Detroit, why did that nigga go in there and light the gas station on fire? <sighs> why are y'all crashing out like this? Why did the two niggas, two kids, rustle the fucking cop for his gun at the murder mag just to turn themselves in a couple days later? Why are y'all crashing intentionally crashing out? Is life so good on the outside? So when niggas was making fun. Of the quote unquote millionaires going down there for 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 an adventure, you niggas is crashing out for nothing. That nigga setting the gas station on fire. I don't know. I would love to understand what occurred or what words were had. That nigga came in, threw some trash on the ground, said a couple things, had a blowtorch in his hand, and was like, "All right, fuck it," and just walked right back out. Remember that Father Day uh, shooting when the yeah. Had the baby in his hand. Fem, what would cause you to crash out like that? You know, this is a project. It's a giant green light outside the place. Even if it wasn't there, everything is recorded. Why, what would make two kids, 16, 17-year-olds, jump a police officer to try to take his gun? What is this? And you already had a gun. How that? De- you know, Tarek says something like, a lot of crimes in Detroit are crimes of opportunity. Niggas be down bad and they be looking for an opportunity. The opportunity is called a job application. Everybody is hiring right now. How down bad do you have to be to try and wrestle a gun off of an act? This nigga is is in uniform. In uniform. This is his service weapon. So what do you think about to sell a cop pistol? 
Nigga, that pistol hotter than a three dollar steak. You better. That's the wrong pistol you want to have. There's so many niggas who just crash the fuck out. Like, what are you doing, dog? Like, you thought that you was gonna get into a car accident, shoot all the other people in the car, and then go about your day while your car is inoperable, left at the scene. Like niggas be doing. Like, niggas what think is shit going Grand on? Theft Auto. Niggas think shit Grand Theft Auto. Yo, it's not a mission. It's not a mission. You on a dummy mission. The true live dummy mission. You trying to get your threat level raised. Them five stars with DPS, with DPD means something completely different. I bet you Detroit police officers, much shit that we talk about them niggas, them white folks come here and want to work here for a reason. The clearance rate on murder is probably high as fuck in Detroit. Yeah, because niggas tell. Now, I understand. Niggas just get caught. Because niggas are dumb. But civilians also tell. For sure. Like that whole no snitching shit, that, shit is, that, that applies to such a small population. Niggas tell. I, I just don't understand it, dog. And I know I'm pretty sure there's some unsolved murders out there because I see the flyers and shit. Yeah. But like you getting into it with your baby mama, we coming for you. <laughs> That's not a random we seen a nigga. Had, she we had say a some nigga shot my house up. You're the first nigga they coming for. So many of these niggas is crashing out and killing their women. Kill yourself first, dog. It's the first week of summer. Please kill yourself. It's the first week. But kill yourself, dog. She don't want to be with you. What's so funny, for this generation, for this time frame in this metro Detroit area, I would think that you niggas don't even like women. The way that y'all talk about them. The way that y'all talk shit about them all the time, but for some reason, as soon as it don't go your way, you trying to kill them. You don't even you don't even act like you like them. Cause niggas hate losing. Man, that's all it is. They don't want the bitch. Niggas just hate losing. Man, this shit is this shit is crazy. They don't want uh, their baby mama. Um, but that's it, man. That's who. That's that's uh that's all I got for uh, <laughs> whose man's and all. Whose fucking shit. man's is that? <laughs> Oh, man. Ayo. It's your man, Dame. Three underscores, 313 on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. Yo, shout out to my guest this week. Uh, I recorded another episode of Dame After Dark. It's Piss in the Dating Pool with my guest, Slick Vic. Maybe we'll drop it this weekend, Monday. Who knows? But we're going to drop that soon. Uh, shout out to her for coming through. Slick Mix a lot. If you're looking to book a mobile bartender, she'll come set the vibe and uh, pour some drinks. And she's licensed and insured. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know where the fuck you at. It's Shop Talk Pod. Oh, yeah. When you, you know, at me, talk to me because I talk the fuck back. And your podcast needs knee braces. So cash at me some money. Uh, shout out to y'all. Episode 375 weeks. Yo, shout out to Jay Grand and Toya, the grandesses. Um, for y'all nuptials on Sunday I wish I was there Wish I could be capturing all man But congratulations to my brother Yeah congratulations And my sister now you Yeah um, And they got a young beautiful family 100% Jay Grand the girl dad Um, I appreciate uh, all y'all for tapping in man Whenever you see the blue and the black You know where you at Shop Talk Podcast Studio Book some time I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast But we are Jan Day Hell yeah Peace